Welcome to Taiwan Noir 19 on Feng Shen Bang. The tale of a Chinese protection deity isn't as dry as it may sound as the story has cinematic colors galore and we are talking, or rather we are taking a look at one such literary adaptation from Taiwan called Feng Shen Bang. That's so to say its English title. And we'll get into it uh, and give you some background, uh, but uh, my name is Kenny B, and with me is Todd Statman, He's who's just now flying in on his fire wheels. And boy, are my fire wheels tired. I, I don't care if we give this little secret away. It, this is the second week in a row you're getting a podcast, listeners, but it's been a little gap between uh, our last recording, and uh, if I remember correctly, you were either mid or just starting the funky Bollywood on the edge book tour like uh, the the real the metal tour that you went on so mostly a tour of san francisco but i did go to san diego and do an appearance there which was fabulous um but yeah i did a, a bunch of things in uh in san francisco right now i'm taking a break but i think we're gonna go to hopefully we're gonna go to the east coast in uh september and do some uh appearances there so the the funky Bollywood traveling circus goes on. Has it been um, a response akin to people have, have been yeah, curious to test out Bollywood based on the fact there's a book about it now? Or, or, or is it merely the people who are into it who are kind of turning up and responding? Well, it's a mix. But actually, the most pleasantly surprising thing about it is the number of people from the Indian community who show up to these events and how into the book they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a lot of responses from people that's like, I grew up with these movies. Hearing you talk about them brings back a lot of happy memories for me. Thanks for writing this book. I mean, I thought there would be a lot more trepidation about uh, this white American guy writing about these movies, but there's been a lot of uh, interest from the Indian community, which is awesome. And people... And those people always have really interesting, they've kind of schooled me on a lot of things. They have a lot of interesting information to contribute. So the question and answer sessions at all of the events have been really excellent. And that, I, I think if there ever was like a hesitation to sort of say embrace this, I think people can see it pretty clearly from either seeing you speak or starting to read the book that this is backed by knowledge and passion and sincerity for the subject yeah. uh, so so i think like people if they had their guard up i think people easily will let their guard down uh, pretty quickly you know i hope so i'm totally new and uh, i i'm i'm just enjoy i, I enjoy flipping through the book uh, to see the pre pretty colors uh -huh. <laughs> I'm very basic in my in my like five five thumbs up five stars two thumbs up the co colors are great. That's my Amazon review. Yeah, you should leave that as your Amazon review. We made it. We made it for you, Ken. <laughs> well, we want it to be a, a pleasing, you know, visual artifact as well as an informative tome. Yeah, whatever way you enjoy it, I'm just glad you enjoy it. Indeed, I am. Since we're talking about you, why don't you do your plugs? You have a variety of plugs, so do whatever plugs you want, uh, aside, aside from the funky Bollywood book that's out there in every good bookshop online or in stores. Yeah, you can buy from uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and I I'm not sure, but I think there may still be some signed copies available from the Fab Press website. I got mine. All right, fabpress.fabpress.com. 
And uh, then my I'm still doing my blog, Die Danger, Die, Die, Kill, which is at diedangerdiediekill.blogspot.com. My last thing was a uh, sort of a, I reviewed a Turkish, it was sort of a remake of Bewitched. It, it was a movie called The Little Witch, which was pretty awful and scary. But And then uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to try and keep this brief. I always say this. Uh, Pop Offensive, my radio show that I do with Jeff Heyman, we just finished a two-month-long experiment of doing bi-weekly episodes. Now we're back to just doing shows on the third Wednesday of every month. So and that's on uh, ninthfloorradio.com. Here's a new here's a new uh, box I, I'm checking off. I, I I now have an album for sale on you you slacker you you're not yeah I know well actually it's all old stuff I recorded uh, three seat albums between the late nineties and the mid aughts and I decided to. You know why not take you know take advantage of all this new music sharing technology that the kids are all using these days. So I put together a little best of compilation and put it up on Bandcamp, and uh, it's like twenty tracks, and you can get it for five dollars, as little as five dollars. You can pay more if you want, though. I want to put that in there, um, and that's uh, you find that by going to Todd Statman dot bandcamp dot com and the album's called uh out of the past right on i'm a i'm a i'm, I'm a frequenter of bandcamp because a lot of um the artists i like are these uh underground uh independent uh electronic artists and they, they use bandcamp quite uh, frequently so uh, yeah it's a uh, it's a good way to support uh, the artists directly i don't know i don't know if bandcamp takes a huge chunk or not or if they take any chunk but it's a way apple takes a bigger chunk yeah yeah it's, it's a pretty good deal I mean, it, it, it's it's even better than CD Baby, which is a pretty good deal as it is. But uh, yeah, it's a good deal. Yeah, I mean, my music is probably the exact opposite of your tastes, Ken. But, um, well, well, my tastes are broad, my friend. I I don't okay. like to categorize myself uh, and uh, only listen to one thing. I may listen to a lot of noise core and stuff like that, but uh, hey, I'm like open to anything. That's and, uh, true. You've recommended some really great Swedish pop bands to mm-hmm. me, and I appreciate that. So. Excellent, my friend. We'll put that link in the show post, the additional link. And, awesome. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, if you didn't know, if you don't remember, this is Taiwan Noir on the Podcast on Fire Network. We are available on podcastonfire.com. You have choices that are about uh, Hong Kong cinema and Japanese cinema and Korean cinema, as well as bonus episodes on said site. Email us if you have any feedback, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. We would love to hear from you. We have a couple of presences on Facebook. You can like our page as well as join the discussion group that features a fair amount of updates and discussion about various amounts of topics regarding various Asian cinema. Those links are in the show post as well on podcastonfire.com. My Twitter handle is, pardon me, our Twitter handle. The network's Twitter handle is at podcastonfire. But I write reviews, uh, written reviews over at SoGoodReviews.com. I follow mainly Hong Kong and Taiwanese cinema as, you know, I wouldn't do a show if uh, my love for Taiwanese was very tiny. So that that also, it's both uh, oral love and written love, if you will, but (laughs) oral, A-U-R, get your mind out of the gutter. (laughs) Oral love. I, I never get tired of that uh, to use that to see if I can get a good reaction out of people, and it works. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
But uh, I write about uh, a variety of genres over at SoGoodReviews.com and I post small spoken audio video reviews at SleazyKVideo.com and my Twitter handle is at SoGoodReviews. And Taiwan Noir is available on iTunes. Uh, if you like to have your podcasts delivered that way, you can subscribe. You can rate us with a little star rating and leave a written comment if you have the time. You can also re- leave written comments while you stream us on Stitcher Radio. I think you do main- that mainly through the applications. But they also have a website where you can find us but the applications on the apple app store and google play is the best way to uh, download stitcher and finally the golden ninja warrior chronicles blog contains an archive of a variety of posts regarding taiwanese movies uh, that were and they're mainly about taiwanese movies that were put into these various ifd and filmark cut and paste movies that uh, godfrey ho did at ifd and so forth and it's a valuable archive that identifies a lot of Taiwanese classics that were put to use in these movies and have never been since uh, seen since really in their, in their com- complete form. So sometimes our, ta- our Taiwanese love is only available in uh, kind of truncated form within a Godfrey Ho movie sometimes, but hey, you, you take what you get sometimes. Let's dive into Feng Shenbang from 1969. I, di- I didn't even state the year, so it's uh, one of the oldest movies we've covered on this show. And plot... It's going to get clearer as I go through um, the research here. Essentially, viewers familiar with Nacha's story. And uh, we're going to tell you new listeners who Nacha is. If you're familiar with Nacha's story anyway through text and movies, they will recognize a lot of beats in this Taiwanese movie. And the reason I can't do a, a plot in a normal fashion is that we watched this without subtitles. We watched an Italian dubbed version of this 1969 movie. It's uh, difficult to summarize, but uh, what I can say is this: uh, Welcome to my world, Ken. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's not as horrible as it uh, as it sounds. It's uh, if it's available in some kind of shape or form, it's worth uh, watching to see if you can gather something from the visuals, you know. But anyway, Yao Lung, which is a little actor that also plays Nacha in the Shaw Brothers movie Nacha and the Seven Little Devils, plays. Nacha, who battles the Dragon Prince and his oppressors of the people. He slays the Dragon Prince, but that, however, comes with a price. And to save his family and people, he has to die. He um, commits suicide. And he's resurrected subsequently as an immortal and, uh, immortal. and the fight continues to make sure the humans are safe. So that's the long and short of it. I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that. Uh, I was not familiar at all with Nacha, which was kind of fun to uh, research from scratch and then watch a couple of movies uh, that features the character because it's popular enough in mythology. And there's enough information about him out there that makes tackling this movie without subtitles a little easier because it does seem to to stay pretty faithful to the basic beats of the Nacha story, because it's basically an origin story of, of Nacha. Indeed, yeah, that totally was a relief that it They don't deviate a whole lot. The, the only thing they don't show is the suicide in this one. Which sounds pretty gruesome <laughs> from what I've read. Yeah, so. it's in other movies. It's even in the cartoon. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. And uh, again, the background featuring uh, Feng Shenbang, that is, the character of Nacha or Nesha. It's, he's referred to in different ways, but I, I think we're going to stick with Nacha just because we're stupid Westerners and we can pronounce that more easily. <laughs> Nacha. Nacha. Like nachos. <laughs> Oh, there we are. That's the uh, le- le- that's how we associate stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> America. He- okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done being American for this episode. 
But he is Nacharar is a protection deity in Chinese folk religion, but also has origin points in Hindu mythology. And the story kind of goes, his mother, Lady Yin, carried him in her belly for over three years and eventually gave birth to a ball of flesh. And indeed, movies have depicted this. Like David Cronenberg body horror on us in these fairly family-friendly movies. So his uh, father was a military commander called Li Jing, and he assumed she had given birth to a demon and attacked it with his sword. But before he could, instead came out a fully walking, talking boy in the form of Nacha. Nacha was accepted as a disciple of the immortal Taiyi Shenren, and the events leading up to his voluntary suicide goes as follows, in essence. Uh, the people of Shentang Pass was praying for rain and offered up food to the East Sea Dragon King called Ao Guang. But the king didn't want food to eat, but humans to eat, and sent Ye Xia to find suitable sacrifices. Uh, Nacha and a friend were playing by the sea when the friend was uh, captured by Ye Xia, but Ye Xia was in turn injured by Nacha in the ensuing fight. The king, the Dragon King, sent an additional warrior that failed, so the king instead threatened to flood Shentang Pass and report Nacha to the Jade Emperor. Therefore, to save his family and the people, Nacha committed suicide by carving up his own flesh and dismember his bones. It's kind of in one of the movies we're going to discuss, but uh, it's uh, not very evident in these movies that really gory horror visual. What happened afterwards? Uh, he appeared in his mother's dream where he, he requested her to build a temple for him so his soul could be laid to rest. That temple flourished as Nacha granted miracle cures to the sick and needed, but his father leeching burned it down, and uh, in, in the movie Feng Shenbang, it's, it's it's a couple of more characters that are after burning down the temple, seemingly, not just the father. Because uh, Li Jing felt that the boy had caused trouble for the family, so he wanted to uh, kind of destroy his uh, image. Nacha was eventually brought to life again by his teacher, Taiyi Shenren, who used lotus roots to make a new body for his soul and, give him, and gave him two weapons the wind fire wheels and the fire tipped spear. What happened afterwards? He defeated the dragon kings and fought many battles with his father who realized the boy was too strong for him and the father actually attempted to kill himself. Why he didn't do that? He was saved by a character referred to as Wenshu Guangfa Tianzun who managed to contain Nacha and eventually Nacha was forced to submit to his father by another deity that's called uh, Randeng Dauren, which is uh, not an angle that's evident in really any of the movies uh, that uh, that submission, if you will. Speaking of Nacha as a god and a deity, he is considered the god of truck drivers and taxi drivers and bus drivers, and they place a small statue of Nacha to ensure a safe drive. And Nacha is indeed often portrayed as a youth, uh, often seen riding the f wind firewheels, um, carrying the universe ring around him, which is also kind of a weapon, and also the fire-tipped spear, which was a weapon I uh, mentioned uh, earlier. Sometimes he's also showed in his three heads and six arms form, which sounds uh, like th there's one of the roots in Hindu mythology a little bit. Uh, he's a frequent staple in Chinese mythology and literature, such as in Feng Shenbang, which is also referred to uh, the book that is as Feng Shen Yan Yi. But I read of Feng Shenbang on Wikipedia, and that plot summary 
it doesn't correspond to the origin story at all. It seems like a completely different story function, bang, because it focuses on a shift in dynasty rules that util- that uh, utilizes uh, gods and demons in that battle. But that that's not what we get in uh, the 1969 movie at all. So, uh, al- although the story of Nacha conquering the sea where the Dragon King uh, resides and all of this origin story. That That is the most well-known story, essentially. I think that's why we get that repeated through the variety of movies that are uh, that were made in the 60s and 70s. And, and Nacha is actually featured in Journey to the West as well. He fights the Monkey King at one point, and later the two become friends. And that's covered in another Taiwanese movie called Monkey King with 72 Magic from 1976, which I reviewed a couple of years ago, I think. It's one movie I don't think I um, encountered, actually. Um, but uh, let, let's talk about the movies. Therefore, the general public acknowledgement and popularity increased with the release of the 1979 animated film Nesha Conquers the Dragon King, which is also known as Little Nesha Fights Great Dragon Kings. But earlier on, there's a Shaw Brothers movie starring Alexander Fusheng called Nat Shah the Great, uh, done in 1974 and directed by legend Chang Che. There's another Shaw Brothers production I referred to earlier called Nat Shah and the Seven Devils, which was actually done by the Japanese co-director of Feng Shenbang. And also 1978's Third Prince Nacha from the director of The Devil and Witch from Witch with Flying Head is out there as well. So that that's a Taiwanese movie, but you also had uncovered another Taiwanese movie. Uh, but uh, that uh, Third Prince um, Nacha, I couldn't find any evident uh, available um, available version of it. So uh, we're gonna have to discover that at some point down the line, down the line, or not at all. It might be, it might be totally lost. So a more recent example in terms of the adaptations uh, to the screen was for the small screen. In 2004, China Central Television released an animated children's series running 52 episodes. Uh, the story Feng Shenbang itself uh, has been adapted into a Japanese manga and anime series called Hoshin Engi. Hong Kong's TVB produced a 2001 series based on Nacha called Gods of Honor, and China again did two. Additional series, 2007's The Legend of the Hero and its uh, sequel in 2009. And uh, even in game form, uh, you have references to Nacha, the beat-em-up video game for the PlayStation 2, Xbox 360 and the PlayStation Portable called Warriors Orochi, also featured playable characters from Feng Shenbang. And you kind of assume that Nacha is one of the characters. And I prepared... um, as good as I could by doing this research, but also by watching three of those movies that I mentioned, uh, the two Shore Brothers productions and the popular 1979 animated feature, which is a mainland China feature. All very fun and creative as live endeavors, uh, especially, and uh, they, they act as fine prep uh, for this unsubtitled movie that we watched for this episode, actually. And especially the animated movie, as cutesy and light as it is, partly. It's also gorgeously drawn, of course, but it does feature the suicide of Nacha. Not a gruesome suicide, but nevertheless, there's no doubt that he kills himself in this children cartoon. So I, I, I did find that uh, uh, refreshing, and uh, so, so he doesn't shy away from the darkness that is in the story. Obviously, the story ends up well, but uh, still, there, there's a hint of darkness there. And the chang version in Nacha the Great of the Suicide is over quick and looks to have been shot in a way more gruesome fashion, i.e. it was censored, probably. Yeah. You, you know that much of Chang Che that he uh, showered the screen in blood sometimes. I would say that film is like, 
isn't that like his only venture into fantasy you know at least at uh, that time he did um, a couple of other wacky movies towards the end of his career like the uh, not the third man but weird man was a movie in the early 80s late 70s there's certainly the movie nine demons by chang chair which uh, we have mentioned before so <laughs> with gary yeah gary and frank or whatever they were called in the dub <laughs> that uh... oh i forgot that was chang chair yeah so, yep, yeah, it wasn't common, though, at that time. And uh, Nacho Have a Great is actually one of the Taiwanese productions that uh, Shaw Brothers subsequently distributed. So maybe that was the time to kind of experiment down there rather than make another kung fu drama or whatever. Uh, but 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 I do like uh, like them all. And uh, Nacha and the Seven Devils is surprisingly sleazy, as the, the, those devils are animals that uh, turn into human form. And some of them uh, enjoy earthly pleasure, like women. Like, there's no sex, full sex scenes here, but like, they're, they're definitely off the fucking, essentially. So, and. Oh, can put a nickel in the swear jar. Yeah, Not Shine the Seven Devils was one of the movies that were never, that was never released on disc in Hong Kong. It was only available in, in that crappy Sea Eagle box that was released in like Singapore or Malaysia that had like, it was like this unit that had you know hundreds of movies but they were like way way below dvd quality you mean the thing that was on it was on a hard drive yes that's right uh-huh okay yeah that's an interesting idea yeah if the quality would have been up to par that would have been cool but it wasn't and uh, we got some rare ones uh, in the box but uh still a lot of good Shaw brother stuff that remained unreleased uh, we we got the nacha movie so that's uh that's obviously pretty cool indeed uh, the co-director of feng shenbang uh, lin shung guang or Quang, also has four movies listed on his filmography but after this his those movies kind of seem to lean towards uh, Japanese-style tokusatsu entertainment produced in Taiwan, including Super Riders, Riders Against the Devils that features action and effects footage from an earlier Japanese Cayman Rider or Common Rider feature, but with reshot narrative footage with Taiwanese talent. And it's actually pretty damn good. Like, the effect is... Is there because they could they borrowed uh, or uh, hired sets and costumes from the original production, so their na- narrative footage matched the action footage. It's pretty pretty damn uh, pretty damn fun actually to watch that one. Uh, Japanese co-director of Feng Shenbang, let's see, Yamanouchi Tetsuya, went on to co-helm the said 1973 production Nacha and the Seven Devils. And on home grounds, that Japanese director directed 1966 The Magic Serpent, among other things. Which is a kaiju movie for um, Toei Studios. Right on. So no, no wonder he was uh, kind of brought to... Taiwan and Hong Kong to uh, to bring that expertise. Uh, I think. Uh, well, I, yeah, I think both of these directors. You, see, I mean, it's basically, you know, this definitely fits in the category of a Thai kaiju movie. There's definitely some great man in suit uh, creatures in this movie, and the aesthetic is very similar to the Japanese, you know, tokusatsu kaiju films. And I actually encourage you, if you can ever find that, it's on German DVD, that Super Riders Against the Devils. If, you, if you're ever into that common Rider or Cayman Rider, it's, it's a pretty fun merger. If you think cut and paste, you, you kind of think the, the, so to say, crappier Godfrey Ho ones, but this is actually a very good uh, illusion. Okay, yeah. I, I think I've been scared of that movie because I was worried that it might be another um, 
permutation of the Sampot Sang Duen Chai common Riders ripoff movie. Who, who knows? Maybe it is. Uh, my my knowledge of uh, the whole interplay between the Shameless producers and the uh, actual creative creative and good producers in Japan, I'm 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 not as knowledgeable about. But it was a fun movie. And you're lucky. Yeah, it sounds fun. I'll, I I will seek it out. But anyway, as for my short opinion of Feng Shambang, uh, based on what can be understood here, and obviously combining it with the Wikipedia and or the movie prep that you can do, uh, the older of the movies that we cover here is quite a lot of fun. Uh, it's admirable technically and quite lively throughout, and provides, provides an event picture and surprisingly solid spe- special effects coming from a Taiwanese industry whose bread and butter wasn't effects, so uh, I quite dug it. But... Uh, over to you. In short, before we go go, go into some uh, details, what do you, did you think of Feng Shenbang? I enjoyed it. I mean, my measure of how much I like these movies is, you know, whether or not I've seen a movie before, I always watch it again immediately before doing these podcasts, so it's fresh in my mind. How much I dread watching it again is a is a measure of my feeling <laughs> of the film, but I was actually looking forward to seeing this one again. Um, there's a lot of things about it that I like, even without translation. It's got a lot of energy, but it doesn't have the manic quality to it that a lot of these uh, Taiwanese fantasy movies have. You know, it's 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 got energy, but it's not. It's it's got more of a, a relaxed feel to it. It's also got a nice uh, sense of a sense of wonder, I guess, to it. I mean, this is a kid. This is a, a film that I would have no problem watching with a kid. I think it's a it would be a great kids film. And I and I loved Yao Lung in this. I mean, he's really charming, and he looks like he's having so much fun. Yeah, you you know you know in 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 latter decades in Taiwanese cinema, casting kids in anything was usually a kiss of death for a movie. But here it's certainly not. Like uh, all of those Chu Yen Ping movies featuring kids, like Ninja Kids and Shaolin Pope and what right. have you. Like oh, yeah, you yeah, you yeah. really grow grow to hate kids in Taiwanese cinema in latter <laughs> decades. But I, I absolutely agree. I have a question for you. Yes, are you used to? having to be content with no English subtitles following Bollywood, for instance, or whatever cinema you follow for review or what have you. Like, is there enough often in the unsubtitled movies to write and talk about them, in your experience? Well, I think anybody who reads my blog knows that I review a lot of films without uh, subtitles. I, I'm doing less of it these days just because... You know, I get a little tired of having to explain that I, you know, to to give these synopses where I have to qualify it by saying, of course, there were no subtitles. So this might be completely wrong. It might be the villain. He might be the good guy. I'm not too sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly what I write about are genre movies. And these movies we talk about are genre movies. I mean, this is a very archetypal kind of story. There's elements of revenge and it's like a hero's journey sort of thing. And he has to prove himself against you know, a series of foes. So that doesn't need translation at all. And those beats are very, you know, it's very transparent in that sense. Uh, as far as Bollywood movies, not so much. They're the only um, 
Indian films I've watched without subtitles tend to be the 60s stunt films, which are basically just wall-to-wall action, and they're very bare-bones genre pictures, so they're very easy to understand. But with, like, 70s masala pictures, the kind of movies I wrote about in my book, the plots tend to be a little too labyrinthine to try and tackle without subtitles, because there's a lot of people switching identities and there's a lot of hidden relationships between people. There will be twists where someone will turn out to be someone's father. Oh, it's like a Cho Yun Wuxia film almost, but in a different setting. Yes, yes, except, yeah, except Cho Yun would cram all that into like 80 minutes. So it was like, I am the father, you know, the Indians draw it out a little more. So it's difficult to, uh, to tackle an Indian film without subtitles. I have done it, but you know, Turkish I've, there's been a, a few Turkish films that I've, I mean, I've done a lot. I, I don't need to enumerate them, but it's, it's sort of like a regular feature of my blog is me groping my way blindly through these unsubtitled films. Did, did I ever tell you about this? Uh, speaking of, um, Cho Yun and all those reveals in Wuxia movies, did I ever tell you about the movie Legend of the Owl or have you heard of the movie? No, I have not. It's a Hong Kong kind of airplane spoof of wuxia movies. And it, uh, you know, all those great reveals that happens in these movies that you have no idea what that character is, despite characters going, oh, it's you. They do that in that movie, but the characters that see the reveal, they kind of go, we have no idea who you are. <laughs> Can you like elaborate a little bit more, please? Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a genre that's very ripe for parody. I would say there's only one director listed here on this Italian cinema print, uh, Lin Chun Guang. Yeah, but but maybe on the Chinese print, I didn't check the YouTube version of the cropped Chinese print. There are two, but uh, they, he isn't uh, Yamanuchi Tetsuya. He isn't listed in the special effects department. There's actually other Japanese talent listed in the special effects department. Uh, Yagi Masao and Suzuki Akira. So uh, it's not like the special effects director got uh, the second credit. I just It's just the way the Italian print was uh, written out, so... Yeah, I, I had a couple things I wanted to say about the Italian version of this movie. I think this is the first time, the only time I've ever seen a an Italian release of Chinese language popular film. And so I'm kind of wonder why this film was picked up for release. One of the things about it is the title, uh, the Italian title is Nayan Il Piccolo Titano, which means Nyan the Little Titan. And, and I wonder about that, if that's supposed to be a reference to the Titans of Greek mythology. Along with that, the character of the Dragon King is referred to as Neptune in the Italian version. So I'm wondering if this was an attempt to tie the movie in with the Peplum cinema tradition, like the Hercules movies and all that, because it does share some qualities i mean the um the set design and the art design has sort of the feel of some of the more fantasy oriented peplums like hercules and the haunted world the mario baba movie this led me to wonder if the original uh taiwanese version might be actually quite different from the italian version yeah yeah i never scanned it other than the just briefly the opening that uh, you know when the before the birth so, so i just know they opened the same but uh, i haven't compared them as such 
Yeah. Okay. Well, it would be yeah, it'd be something sort of interesting to look into. If it if this showed up with subtitles, I would definitely watch it again. But yeah, I, I wonder if they did other things to it to sort of make it more in the Greco-Roman, you know, to apply more to Greco-Roman mythology. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly no tradition that I've heard of that Taiwanese fantasy movies or Hong Kong fantasy movies automatically ended up in Italy too. Like the only other example I can think of is the fact that the Mars Man appears in an Italian version as well, but that's the only one. That... Right, and that's a and that's a, also a Thai film, not originally a Thai film. Exactly. So. Feng Shenbang, it, it again the prep, the the histor- the, the like the basic summary of the story prep works so well because you recognize the beats here obviously the birth the the flesh ball birth which is uh like obviously a very primitive effect with a red ball on string uh, floating about in the room and everyone going ah and boom there's a kid in there and they're like there's no disgusting birth here very similar to the beginning of thrilling sword if you'll recall because it was a noble woman in uh, a troubled birth you see a meteor uh, coming because I I thought that that red ball was a meteor because it came in through the window and that's the same thing that happened in Thrilling Sword except it it very graphically the meteor inserted itself into the woman after which she gave birth and she gave birth to a big flesh ball that was the Cronenberg touch in a Taiwanese fantasy movie finally yeah yeah it looked kind of like a veiny potato. <laughs> That they threw in the river and then the little dwarfs picked it up. Very similar. Like you, you, you could easily follow it. For instance, the the character of Taiyu Shenren enters that trains Nasha, which is actually the same actor in the Nasha and the Seven Devils movie later on, an actor called Seung Fong. Uh, and he appears in the same, obviously, Pai Mei style white uh, white haired master in that movie as well. So, so Nacha and the Seven Devils is like almost a sequel in a way because uh, Nacha is is there in heaven essentially and uh, being a little bit of a naughty boy and stuff like uh-huh. that. So, it, it's a good good movie to uh, to watch. I also like, and he, he here's obviously it's bread and butter kind of a movie, special effects, and there's no reluctant nature to the makers here to try out special effects for a 1969 movie and we've seen subsequent movies that are not very confident in that department but for a 1969 movies they're confident in the wire shots they have to do they're confident at shooting uh, rear projection shots or matte shots against fake skies uh, you know composite uh, shots and all of that so i i think it's doing quite a noble and admirable job that that's on par with even slightly higher budget stuff from elsewhere in Asia at that time uh, and it's really fun because of it I, like the thrilling sword that wasn't really capable of doing all the stuff that it wanted to do but did it anyway it's right. that stance that I admire that they they went for it they they, they part the sea at one point the characters marching yeah. from, from <laughs> the underwater world and uh, it's it's all good I mean I've seen equal effects in the Daimajin movies and uh, it was cool there as well as cool here so I never felt I was taken out of the movie based on the effects work here or what do you think? No I thought the effects work was good and I and I actually thought the movie look was pretty well appointed it didn't look very it didn't look cheap overall there were some really nice sets especially when they went down the uh, undersea kingdom the costumes were really 
great, you know. Especially a widescreen too. It really looks good when it's allowed to breathe in widescreen. Yeah, and you have those panoramic shots, especially when the the Dragon King leads, you know, his army out of the ocean to attack Nasha and his people. And yeah, you have this panoramic shot and there's like fish head guys and lob lobster head guys or crayfish head guys, shrimp shrimp headed guys and I like and then crab there are crabs when I was saying it sort of conformed to the tokusatsu aesthetic I like that the um, uh, costumes they don't really try to disguise the human proportions of the actors it's like very clear that these are people wearing costumes Mm -hmm. but the costumes are so cool it's still it sucks you in, you know, you still want to buy it. And it's there, it's physically there, which makes this... Yes. And uh, this is me, the old fogey, like, things were better in my days, but it makes it it's so much better to see it there than today's right. fakery that puts, like, a million elements on screen and none of it is there. Right. Know? It's a th- Yeah, it's, it's things that are happening in real space and time as opposed to something that happened on a, you know on a computer and also i love there's a there's the turtle who's very high strung and effeminate which is funny (laughs) um but that's a great costume and also my favorite thing which is i know is not a real element but there's a lot of people shooting like cartoon lasers and lights and i love that stuff and it looks good pew 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 yeah (laughs) i'm a sucker for that there's tons of that in this yeah yeah that 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 is a fake element but so it works better for me in these kind of movies, whether it's done at Shaw Brothers, you know, the Zoo style, or, or by, obviously here they, they were doing it. It's not like Zoo and Choi Haki invented it or anything. And uh, I, I gotta love their clever little effect because they don't shoot underwater, obviously, because that would be stupid. So they, they shoot apparently all the underwater scenes, underwater kingdom scenes through an aquarium. Like, like, like they put it close to the camera and they have bubbles to simulate that effect. And I gotta tell you, it's not a bad effect. It's not like they need to swim down there. They maybe move a little bit slower, but it is an underwater kingdom. Yeah. There's no reason why they should all be swimming, but they, they could walk around like, like they want and shooting through that filter, if you will. Works for me, man. Like, I, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they filmed um, the old Jerry Anderson puppet series, Stingray, which was about a submarine. And they had a special a aquarium built that was very narrow. So it wouldn't distort the camera angles. And then they put some fish in there and they just filmed through that. And it had, yeah, this was the same effect, basically. And it looked good. I love that whole Undersea Kingdom. It was great. You know, the the girls in bikinis with the clamshell, like angels' wings. And then there's the couple who are reclining inside a big clamshell. Yeah, yeah, the Dragon King has little, uh, almost uh, elk horns. On, on his uh, on his air. <laughs> it's very yeah. It's very silly. Yeah, the costumes are silly and fun. But 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 it feels like a fun event picture for its time. Yes. Probably I hope that it thrilled people to an enough extent when it was released uh, in both in its local market and obviously in Italy as well. Um, and, and the story beats, uh, even without subtitles, as we said, they're very sufficient. You get it. It and it doesn't linger. It seems like on a lot of stuff uh, like long sequences of training nor long sequences of comedy no. or anything it seems to move forward through all its beats and eventually reaching the suicide eventually reaching a climactic battle and all of that and like, like i didn't feel it had uh, filler 
He does acquire a fat comic relief sidekick. At yeah, one he's in he, he's in so many Taiwanese movies. That guy, and always playing the comedic relief because he's fat and shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's really a lazy yeah. choice. But the day you fat are. is funny. And another thing I wanted to point out is once Nacha is resurrected, which I also wanted to mention. I don't. I've never seen a lotus root. So to me, those look like yams. That he was making a a a yam effigy of Nacha, and then that resurrected Nacha. But after Nacha was resurrected, he was no longer played by Yao Lung. He was played by uh, a slightly older actress named Sailing Ling, who I at first thought was Lam Su La, the star of uh, Kung Fu Wonder Child and the Peach Kid films. Looked very much like her, and it was also exactly the kind of role that she would play, but it was not her. So exactly, like, like the legacy kind of started there, I suppose, and we, we we'll certainly get to her because she she's a wonderful action performer, and those Child of Peach movies, you know, ma- Magic of Spell and all of that, they're, they're good fun. Magic Warriors also, so uh, they're they're like a good eighties. There we're talking manic fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, we should do an episode about those. Absolutely. Definitely. Again, on the laser effects, uh, it's very clever. It, they may be superimposed, the pew-pew effects, but I like that they shoot and they hit a prop that, that splits in two. So they mix these physical effects and, and in a clever way, and uh, it's it, even, <laughs> even characters turn into goo essentially after having died yeah and, and, what and, was that that it looked like like yogurt with it was disgusting it was kind of like veiny yogurt with oh god it was <laughs> that was very disturbing i forgot about that until you mentioned it and, and and some characters just turn into stone after Nacha have, uh, and right. characters that have defeated them, but but f- f- still f- physical in feel uh, all throughout, which is great, and that that obviously includes the big. And this is in Nacha the Great and the animated feature as well. The big fight with the Dragon Prince, which is little Yao Lung on a big-ass, possibly dangerous puppet, full-size dragon puppet. Exactly, and because it's full-size, it's there. You expect it to feel like puppetry, but again, Todd, I, I come back to this. It feels like the event they're trying to depict in my eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think they're they're definitely passable special effects, and they're really fun and colorful. And also the spirit of the movie makes you want to buy into it. You know, effects like that depend on the audience wanting to meet the filmmakers halfway and i think this is the type of movie where you want to do that and so you buy into the dragon and i think it's you know i liked it too because it reminded me of like you know having seen the chinatown new year's parade many times it reminds me of the dragon from the from the parade you know and it moved kind of like that too like they had some sticks underneath it go nacha go nacha what's whitey shouting again this year yeah (laughs) nacha go nacha and and it's also set set in they 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 pour water obviously uh, simulating rain on on the little actor and that that, that's obviously the story element of finally the 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 town gets rain that they've been that they've been begging for and all of that but uh that, that that leads into the whole implied suicide, which uh, 
Uh, we, I, I was so used to watching three features with that featured the, uh, or rather two features. Uh, Nacham the Seven Devils is not a, not a origin story, but I guess like it's probably implied in dialogue. You see Nacha obviously take a stand, and his parents being like, "Oh my God, what are you gonna do?" And then he comes back in uh, in vision form to uh, in front of his mother. But I had to rewind to just check: was it ever implied visually? No, they just no. He just it was in dial. I mean, that is one thing that if I had not known that before watching the movie i would have had no idea but it's obvious it becomes obvious he's dead because he appears to his mother as a spirit and that's pretty obvious but yeah it was obvious that something really heavy was going on Mm -hmm. but it cut i mean it didn't even yeah it didn't even visually suggest what he was gonna do yeah, in the in the Chang Chia movie, the full scene probably was Fu Sheng just slicing his body in half and all of that. Right. And, and yeah. the, in the animated movie, there, there's like a, a little bloodshed, you know, but you clearly know he's killing himself, and it's uh, not mm. played for laughs or anything. It's uh, it's not missed necessarily because we 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 know, and they kind of probably implied in the dialogue that uh, I gotta do this, mom and dad, essentially. Yeah. Like, uh, like, that's my refined dialogue. I gotta do it, mom and dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> An element that we have so far failed to mention is what I, in my notes, I referred to as Amazon women on the moon, which was there's a, there's a clan of Amazons, so to speak, that also little Nacha also clashes with. And I was confused about that because... You know, he's a mischievous little boy who gets into a lot of trouble. And that episode, it looked to me like he fired an arrow into the night sky and it hit the moon. Yeah, the moon or a mountain. I I was never sure uh, because this element never turned up in my research anyway, who they were in the whole origin story scheme of things. That was the biggest unclear element for us that normally rely on subtitles you know it's obviously well conveyed in, in the italian dialogue i assume yeah uh, but but you you kind of buy it because it's it's another there's like more earthly enemies i suppose compared to the uh, underwater kingdom enemies that he also uh, battles so well the the amazons do live in a a um, skull-shaped cave on top of a mountain. So maybe that's what it is. Because the second time he fires an arrow and it hits the mountain and they get pissed off. And so they come down. You know, so maybe this isn't part of the original uh, mythology. Maybe it's just like, you know, hey, we need to put some scantily clad Amazon women. Where's Elsa Jung? This would have been a perfect... Instead, the uh, the leader of the Amazons or whatever they are is uh, played by Lily Chen Ching. Her title is Wind Goddess of the Mountain. I'm looking at my old review now to find myself. I'll buy that. That is clarity, enough clarity. It seems to hurt the movie a tiny bit when you... But it's never really unclear, and it obviously leads to a big climactic scene. It's got to, like, pit father and son against each other and all of that. And I, I think the implication is that one of the deities that the father sides with is the one that it has the ability to shrink Nacha and trap him in this tower and what have you. So it's probably one of those deities. But yeah. it, for a sequence, a climactic sequence that was done with action choreography in its infancy as well, combining the physical acts that they need to do with the effects that they need to do, it's all good, uh, good fun. It's not manic and frantic, as we've said, but it's not super 
static and stagey either where it seems like they're going through it in slow motion you know what i mean so it's all sufficient and uh, like set amongst pretty epic production design too it's not a little corner they're fighting in or anything right no i mean the uh yeah the end battle is quite a battle royal there's a it's it's very well filmed and yeah and definitely benefits from the widescreen if you yeah if you're gonna watch this film which is why you know one of the reasons we watched the italian version because it's a really lovely widescreen print even though you know the seafood is called maestro <laughs> but but yeah but yeah it's good fun and and they, they even use the the spinning fire wheels come out and i wonder ivy was a very clever composite effect but it looked like they attached wheels on fire to the slightly old actress and uh, then had to gel up her her legs possibly because it looks like that thing is on fire or rather than a fake fake thing and uh I, I bought it therefore, but it looked dangerous. Yeah, I was yeah, it was either that or they I mean they definitely put real wheels on her, like the they're like spurs almost. And maybe they it was a, a process effect where they um you know, superimposed the flames on it, but it did look very good and it's definitely a difficult thing to visualize the fire wheels and him flying on them and they all do it in the movies because these movies were made before any hint of uh, computer effects entering into taiwan and hong kong so oh, sure so so nacha the great does it uh nacha the seven devils portrays it physically too so it's the way to do it or not at all i suppose and they did it but rather than uh, hold back and try to cheat uh, cheat the way out of it by saying oh my god his wheels are on fire and you never see it they just talk about it <laughs> like uh, it, it's on screen and uh, that's uh, why all these movies creates a favorable impression and uh, we, which is why I recommend uh, either to seek them out yourself or, or hit me up uh, if you're interested in the other movies that you haven't seen, uh, either the animated one or the the more rare Shaw Brothers one, because they're they're good fun, especially the rare Shaw Brothers one, because it's not the same story as this one. It's a new. Yeah, that one sounds good. I'd like to see that one. It, it kind of opens with, uh, and it is subtitled, and it kind of opens with this. They're waiting for this type of fruit to uh, become um, ripe, and it only happens like every hundredth year or whatever. And Nacha manages to like steal the fruit from the tree. The fruit drops to earth, and that's where these. Uh, like animals uh, find them and eat them and they man- manifest themselves into humans and then start wreaking havoc even on women essentially so they have to retrieve the holy fruit essentially ah uh, so, okay it's good fun it's really good fun and and again uh yao lung is well little yao lung is uh, in that one as well oh good yeah i'd definitely like to see that but uh, yeah i don't think i have any other notes um it's uh, it is available i mean it's on dvd for reels y'all and you you can get it if you uh, find some suitable uh, italian websites to buy this dvd version from and i mean it, it it's maybe there's an italian amazon regardless it, it's not that hard to kind of order a dvd uh, even in, if you don't 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 speak the language so, so uh, you probably have to order it as Look it up as Nyan Il Piccolo Titano. Exactly. This is Italian language only, but in beautiful anamorphic widescreen from an Italian cinema print that's very clear and cleaned up. So it's a good quality print. And um, again, if you read up on the story, it's quite easy to follow and the DVD comes recommended. And, uh, I mean, uh, unless some, a miracle happens, I, I doubt we'll see a remastered English su- subtitled version anytime soon. There, there is a uh, cropped Mandarin language version without subtitles available on YouTube. So it had 
presumably a Taiwanese VHS, but um, again, no subtitles and a cropped frame. So what are you going to pick? Beautiful widescreen in another language that you possibly don't understand? or It doesn't take long before you... At first, it's jarring to hear the Italian coming out of these people's mouths, but you get used to it. And it, you know, once you get into the movie, it doesn't really register anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you, you can make up your own dialogue if you're feeling... Uh, right, exactly. Like, hey, Dad. Hey, Mom. Master. Master. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, they do an no, Ocean no. Shores Frank yeah. dab or something like that. <laughs> like, what are we going to name Nacha? Well, we'll name him Steve or something like that. <laughs> Steve, right, right, right. Norman. <laughs> exactly. So there we are. Ocean Shores would have done it, my friend. They, they, oh, they, yeah. That, that was Wolf Devil Woman as a character called Rudolph. Their dub of Wolf Devil Woman. So, uh, the Rudolph dubbing. Okay, Feng Shenbang put to bed. Uh, that was good fun. But next time, uh, we have nothing to announce as of yet, but we'll keep you posted in the Facebook group uh, what's coming up. Uh, but I have a minor uh, sort of itch to talk classic Wu Xiaopian or swordplay movies, and maybe even some King Who classics, because there is actually a Dragon Inn UK Blu-ray coming that's from a newly remastered print, and I believe A Touch of Zen has received their remastering. So maybe, maybe not next episode, but somewhere down the line at least, We'll tackle some actual recognizable classic Taiwanese movies. Um, or we'll watch some fucked up shit instead. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> okay. The Frilling Sword 2, like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, there's plenty of Elsa Young movies, I'm sure. You know, what one can pick up that is uh, good fun or a fantasy movie or what have you. But uh, it's... Uh, or, or we'll plan for the Child of Peach uh, coverage because I, I've always wanted to do it. So. And you can always do her movies in other episodes as well. Her modern action movies, the Lam Siu Lao. Uh, you got Book of Heroes, which she's in. That's awesome. A Heroic Fight is one of those wacky, fucked up modern movies that could only be made in Taiwan. Uh-huh. I haven't seen either of those. I, Pretty I good know. fun. Book of Heroes was uh, Yukari Oshima's first on-screen fighting role. And uh, it's an awesome action movie. Broad Taiwanese comedy, like you read about. But one of the some of the best action of that time you, you'll see outside of uh, Jackie Chan and Sam Hong. Good, good fun. But uh, we'll announce all of that. There's plenty of uh, Taiwan War is not uh, running out of steam anytime soon, despite being on episode 19. Uh, so that's that. Let's do the contact information really quickly again. This has been Taiwan War on the Podcast on Fire Network. Find this show and all our other shows on podcastonfire.com along with bonus episodes as well. Email us if you have any feedback and thank you to anyone who has done so. I, I, I've said this before. Some of the more specialized subjects is uh generates the more more epic emails and uh, I'm, I'm not talking uh ranty emails angry emails but rather like passionate emails uh, from a great big epic fandom so i i really enjoy that and uh, thank you very much for anyone who takes the time to write an email that's a luxury nowadays if anyone writes anything <laughs> so check it out, us out on facebook like our page join the discussion group the relevant links are available in the show post on our website uh, our twitter handle is at podcast on fire i write about these kind of movies hong kong movies ninja movies and a variety of genres at sogoodreviews.com i video review at sleazykvideo.com and i tweet about a whole bunch of nonsense at sogoodreviews and we are on itunes of course you can rate and subscribe to us and leave a comment if you have the time you can also stream us on stitcher radio leave a comment on there as well but uh, if you want to reach us uh, download the apps for from the apple app store or google play to uh 
uh, access Stitcher and search for us when you're in Stitcher. And finally, we'll link in the show post of a blog, Golden Ninja Warrior Chronicles, where Jesus Perez Molina identifies some Taiwanese classics that were baked into a variety of Godfrey Ho movies and other movies over at Filmock. But uh, moving on to the plugin section for you on your behalf. Uh, the floor's yours. Okay, again, my blog is Die Danger, Die, Die, Kill. That's Die Danger, Die, Die, Kill. I'll run together, sloppy like that. Dot blogspot.com. If you go there, that's sort of the hub of, of my worldwide operations. If you, my, yes, my online and radio empire. Um, if you go over to the, the right sidebar, there's links to everything. There's links to where you can buy Funky Bollywood. There's links to my Facebook page. There's links to my Twitter account, links to my Tumblr. And then there's a link. If you go down a bit, there's links to Taiwan Noir and also the podcasts I do with, with Tars Tarkas, uh, The Infernal Brains. And also a link to where you can buy my new album, out of the past on Bandcamp. So do all of those things. Give me your money and your attention because I am a complete whore for both. Oh yeah, but you, you, therefore, you and I fit very well together because I'm all about whoring, whoring myself out and like uh-huh. love me. Like you just watch podcastonfire.com clearly. Someone has small penis syndrome on there, and it's me. <laughs> Six or seven shows. <laughs> yeah, so please listen to a podcast on fire because it's a black hole of neediness. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the quote that's going on our site tomorrow. Yeah, a black hole of probably more more this because there's two of us. It's funny because it's to... true. Yes, <laughs> yes. There's two of us competing for your pity. And, uh, yeah, and attention. But we have fun while doing it. And we, I, I had fun we talking sure off, do. Talking yes. unsubtitled fantasy cinema from Taiwan from 1969. You can have fun, bring context and info to all of that. And we certainly did. So thank you, everybody, for watching, watching for heaven's sake, listening. And hopefully this uh, tickled your fancy a little bit. And hopefully you'll seek out this movie or other movies we'll cover and have covered so thank you very much I've been Kenneby and with me was Todd Statman so say bye buddy thanks everybody we'll see you next or we'll you'll hear us next time 